Welcome to the IEEE Digital Privacy Podcast Series, an IEEE Digital Studio production. This podcast series features conversations with industry and academic leaders, as well as key stakeholders of digital privacy, in order to help advance solutions that support the privacy needs of individuals. This episode features Jason Lau, Chief Information Security Officer at Crypto.com. Jason shares his insights on cybersecurity and privacy, speaking to emergent challenges and opportunities related to the digital privacy space. Jason, thank you so much for contributing to the IEEE Digital Privacy Podcast Series. To start, can you tell us a little bit about your background and current responsibilities? Sure, no problem. So I'm currently the Chief Information Security Officer at Crypto.com. Uh, where I oversee the company's global cybersecurity and data privacy strategy. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor for cybersecurity and privacy at one of the leading business schools in Asia, and also uh, and a member of the Standing Committee on Technological Developments for the Privacy Commissioner for Personal Data in Hong Kong as well. Um, on the global community side, uh, I'm also the regional lead faculty member and co-chair and also sit on the advisory board uh, for the International Association of Privacy Professionals. Um, I'm also um, uh, uh, helping with think tanks from the World Economic Forum uh, through to the Center for Information Policy Leadership, Forbes Technology Council, and so on. So Jason, what are your thoughts on prioritizing digital privacy? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think um, uh, before I share my views, I think uh, another good way to, to start this discussion, I think is if we look at Apple CEO Tim Cook, he recently said that privacy is actually one of the top issues of the century. And uh, I completely agree with this. Uh, it's very true. We've seen a lot of uh, corporate multinationals from all industries, big and small, uh, through to you know everyday users and consumers being impacted by privacy. Uh, so we're seeing digital transformation really driving a greater adoption of technology. Uh, we're also seeing an accelerated growth of this uh, post-COVID or during COVID. Uh, from contact tracing apps through to individuals and workspaces uh, using video conferencing, working from home. And I think it's um, accelerated the uh, adoption of technology. Uh, And as a result, uh, data privacy plays a really big part in that. Uh, So uh, if you go back in time uh, around 2018 or so, when the uh, Europe's uh, general data protection regulation uh, came enforced. Uh, it really set the new standards for data privacy uh, around the world, uh, especially in Europe. And now many regions around the world are actually following suit. And uh, you're seeing more and more regulations uh, that are really focused on um, ensuring the, the, the rights of the individuals in regards to uh, the, the data privacy and security. So I think it's becoming more and more um, prominent in, in you know the in everyday life. Uh, and then when you look at it from a security perspective, um, there's just more and more data privacy uh, issues from data breaches uh, that are happening. So you know, if we look at some statistics, you know, ransomware attacks, which often lead to data breaches, um, you know, every 11 seconds or so, there's, uh, there's an attack uh, worldwide somewhere. Uh, looking at the growth uh, of these uh, attacks, and it's growing every year, year over the year, 20 to 30%. Uh, we're seeing many uh, industries being attacked. So absolutely, I think um, going back to the original question, uh, I think data privacy really needs to be prioritized 
uh, in, in every way, shape and form in organizations. It needs to be a board level responsibility. And in your daily life, when you're using your mobile phone through to browsing on websites, you need to be more uh, cautious uh, of you know, what these websites could be collecting on you uh, and, and making sure that uh, you, know, you follow the, the privacy best practices. So are there lessons learned from past experiences in digital privacy that can be applied to enhance the technology space going forward? I think cybersecurity and data privacy really go hand in hand um, in driving a culture uh, which really um, is supported from the top. Um, I think um, just to clarify uh, and to, to provide a little bit of um, uh, explanation into this, Security is a little bit more about the safeguarding of assets. Again, I'm very I'm oversimplifying things, but in a nutshell, that's what security is. Whereas privacy is a little bit more concerned with upholding the rights of the individuals. Now, both of these functions have to actually uh, work hand in hand to to achieve this, uh, and it's actually much uh, much harder than you think. So, different organizations have different entity structures. They are different organizational structures. Uh, they have different um, you know, uh, businesses uh, and industries that they operate in. So there's no such thing as a perfect playbook uh, in, you know, the, the, uh, the, I guess, how to implement data privacy. But for sure, the, there are some key things and lessons learned, as you had, uh, alluded to, uh, that can help facilitate uh, a more mature data privacy type of organization. Uh, so looking at things from risk management perspective, you can't fight the fights for everything uh, at the same level. You need to choose which fights you're going to fight. Uh, and you look at it from a risk-based approach. And you need to really think about having accountability because if you don't have accountability in your organization, um, then it's really difficult to drive a privacy program. So having a data protection officer uh, to help provide you know, oversight to ensure that the organizational processes and personal data is in compliance with the applicable data protection rules and regulations is fundamental in making sure that you have a good data privacy posture. Um, you, know, you, you need to be broadening the, the whole kind of data privacy organization, if you'd like. It's more than just a vertical. You need to have steering committees that at the top where you bring in different uh, top level, C levels from the different uh, departments. So, you know, the marketing team is definitely going to be touching a lot of personal information. The finance team is going to be touching a lot of personal information. Your HR team, from onboarding of people with their CVs and resumes through to the, your own employees inside your company, through to the technology team that actually has to develop the technology to integrate with third parties and so on. So, every single function has to deal with data privacy in one way, shape, or form. And the privacy team needs to be kind of the glue. It needs to be the, the facilitator in many of these different day-to-day -day operations. And how do you do that? Well, you need to uh, implement policies and procedures and workflows where privacy is fundamental in part of the actual deployment process. So things from you know, vendor risk assessments because third-party risks are a major issue uh, through to uh, data processing agreements. If you're in the EU, from a, you know, looking at privacy from more from a legal perspective. And then, you know, privacy impact assessments is also really important as well. So you can actually assess um, you know, these projects and their risks. So I think, you know, on a day-to-day, -day, the lessons learned, I would say, is it's, it's a tough task, uh, but it's not impossible. And you need to look at it from different aspects, you know, not just 
from a legal perspective, not just from a regulatory, you know, legal perspective, but from an implementation perspective, and then from an internal audit perspective, and then using external uh, auditors to also give you that quality assurance for your data privacy practices. It helps to build trust uh, with your end customers. And using standards like you know, ISO 27701, which is very new, or the NIST privacy framework um, in different regions. Uh, if you happen to be, say, for example, in Singapore, they've got a data protection trust mark. Yeah, in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Privacy Commissioner launched the, uh, the Gold Award. So every region has their own um, you know, privacy certification or award structure. And I think it's really important uh, to look to these as well in your day-to-day -day business. So what about emergent challenges? Say, for instance, the metaverse. So the metaverse uh, and Web 3.0, um, it's still in its early stages. Uh, but I have to admit that there is a lot of, um, a lot of questions and challenges uh, being uh, raised by the privacy community at large. Um, in my opinion, uh, these questions are really only touching the tip of the iceberg right now. Uh, it's going to be quite a few more years before a fully-fledged Web 3.0 slash uh, metaverse uh, is uh, uh, fully available for everybody to use um, in, in, in the way that um, the large tech companies are expecting it to be used. But I think you know, when we look back, before we talk about the Web 3.0, I think it's important to kind of put into perspective what it was like at Web 1.0. So Web 1.0 was mainly about static websites and personal websites where you would broadcast information or companies would broadcast information with limited interactivity. Uh, and then Web 2.0, there's a lot more interactivity of the websites. And now Web 3.0, uh, it's much more immersive in the experience. And it's going to take privacy concerns really to a whole new level. Um, so there's been a lot of different concerns over the last few years in regards to um, data privacy over collection, Cambridge Analytica cases, and many, many more that I could be referencing. But one of the things that um, uh, is, is or has been a big issue is around targeted marketing. Uh, so in order for companies to do targeted marketing, uh, they would often be collecting data and profiling you in, in many ways from how you click, what you click on, how often you spend on a particular page. All of this, uh, you know, we always talk about the big data, data analytics, and, and that's essentially, you know, when we look at the last five years or so, where all of this data is uh, being helping organizations to build these profiles so that they can uh, essentially sell something to you. Now, when we go into the metaverse, Think of it like this. You put on your virtual reality goggles, for example, and the moment that you put that on, um, companies could be measuring things that they've never measured before. They're going to be measuring your behavior, looking at your pupil dilation, looking at your eye movement on in the metaverse and, and reacting to different visual aids and things. So in the web 2.0, when you're clicking here and there, they don't see your face. They don't see your eyes and where you're looking. They just see where your mouse pointer is clicking and what you're actually doing. But the moment that you're in this whole metaverse, then your activities uh, and your uh, you know, how you react is now going to be even more data than ever before. And then there's all these other challenges. What happens, you know, touch wood, if the person's, what happens to the metaverse profile of that avatar if 
the identity of the real human actually dies? What happens if you actually breach privacy laws um, uh, in, in you know, the metaverse? How, how does that impact you in the real world? Uh, what are the laws that are governing personal data in a decentralized metaverse, for example? Um, you know, in the real world that we operate in, there are cross-border data transfers that we that we have to consider between, for example, Europe, US, Australia, Asia. Uh, and so what happens in the metaverse? Uh, who governs all of that? So if we're talking about a centralized metaverse, then if it's just one large tech company uh, 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 that's building the platform, then are they responsible for for the security and the privacy? How, how does it work? You know, in 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 the when we look at the, the GDPR, for example, in the real world, we have concepts of controllers and processes. Uh, do we also have these type of things in the metaverse? You know, what about children's data? There's just so many questions. So I think going back to the original question. Um, I think fundamental to the development of the metaverse is really about ethics. Ethics needs to be the center of the whole development and in the DNA of anything that's developed in the metaverse. Uh, so any fun function feature uh, that's being developed, any advertisements or anything that's being developed um, across any platform really needs to be using ethics specifically around data privacy and individual privacy at the core uh, of, um, you know, of its uh, development. Yeah. So Jason, how do you see the IEEE digital privacy initiative helping to advance the technology space? Sure. So I think the IEEE is positioned uh, very well in this space because all of these technological developments at the end of the day need to be built by engineers, need to be built by developers. Um, and a lot of these technologies, um, even if you look at the, the you know, the blockchain, um, the immutability of the blockchain, uh, the benefits for privacy in the blockchain, all of this at the base level uh, is um, uh, fundamentally built on technology. So the IEEE playing a role in this is going to be uh, absolutely critical because you can't have engineers that just build but don't understand the importance of data privacy. So there has been uh, uh, this challenge where um, many organizations feel that privacy is just, uh, leave it to the lawyers to understand the regulation, but there has been this disconnect. And the disconnect is when the lawyers look at privacy and go to the engineers and say, well, we need to build privacy by design, privacy by default into the, the, the tools that we're developing. But there's that disconnect. The engineers have no idea what you mean, no idea how to implement, no idea what their expectations are. So there needs to be that bridging. And that bridging is where these type of programs and new certifications that are coming out and already exist, um, and these discussions uh, um, and these initiatives, for example, with IEEE, can help to facilitate that discussion and that dialogue so that both parties can come closer to understanding uh, what it means uh, to actually implement privacy uh, by design and privacy by default, for example. So I think the IEEE can uh, play an important role in bringing together the different parties as well uh, to facilitate conversations about those challenges, whether it's Web 3.0 or uh, whatever it may be and uh, bring together different parties, uh, for example, whether it's government bodies and regulators, whether it's uh, associations, uh, 
Uh, it could be small to medium organizations and multinationals. So I think there's um, a lot of development in this space. Uh, and I think, um, you know, IEEE can play a, a critical role, especially uh, in promoting uh, the importance of privacy to its massive uh, engineering uh, membership. Thank you again for your time, Jason. Any final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with our listenership? For those of you who are interested to get into the world of uh, data privacy, uh, my journey has been somewhat of a, uh, an interesting road. Uh, my background uh, by trade, I'm an engineer by trade, but um, I got into the cybersecurity field very, very early before uh, the word cybersecurity was, was even you know, a popular term. Um, and during that time, I got involved with many different cybersecurity projects. And uh, that is where I got uh, my taste of data privacy. So whether it's um, dealing with data uh, in the United States with large hospitals and dealing with HIPAA, uh, or whether it's dealing with uh, big banks that have to deal with uh, uh, data for their, uh, their users and transactional data. Uh, and then over time, I, I really got to see the, uh, the evolution of the regulations. And then I got involved with um, the, you know, the global players um, and associations from the IEPP and, and the others. Uh, so I encourage everybody who wants to get into this space uh, to look at associations like IEEE, the IEPP and others as well uh, to, to learn more about this space, you know, obtain some of the certifications and definitely be an active uh, contributor in the community. Thank you for listening to our interview with Jason Lau. To learn more about the IEEE Digital Privacy Initiative, please visit our web portal at digitalprivacy.ieee.org. Thank you.